0: Since the 1980s, several hundred tiles have been discovered. They are generally about the size of an American license plate, but sometimes they're considerably larger. They contain some variation of an inscription. They have been found in over two dozen major cities in the United States and four South American cities. What's more confusing than the inscription is the mystery of why they're doing it in the first place. You're listening to the Mysterious Bruce podcast. And tonight we bring you the case of the Toy and Bee tiles. <laughs>
1: Welcome to a deep, dark, dank, moist basement somewhere in the bowels of Georgia. Well, I can't hear myself, but you can hear me, and that's all that matters.
0: I can hear you loud and clear. Loud and clear. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Knees and
1: toes. Knees and toes. Our Zoom app decided, I sent you the first invite. And then it decided oh. to update after I sent that. Then it kicked me out of everything. I had to log back in. Then I sent you another one It said it wasn't valid. And what should have yeah. taken like 30 seconds took us exactly 15 minutes to get this thing yeah, to work.
0: I, it let me. I tried to get in the second link you sent, and it told me it was invalid. So I went back to the first one, and it let me in no problem. But it wouldn't let you in. <laughs> and then the third one you emailed, and it the email wouldn't show up.
1: And the problem is, I pay good money a month for this thing to work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, we had... Hold on, before we start, I'm going to tell you a little story. I swear to God, I thought for the first second I saw it, I saw Bigfoot. But, dude, I saw probably the biggest black bear I've ever seen in my life. And we got about two and a half to three feet from hitting it right in the ass as it was running by. Son of a monkey. Dude, it was getting it. And I but I mean it had to its ass hairs had to whiff, whip in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> How close we got. Dude, oh, it would have awesome. terrible. Terrible. Just terrible. So that's my story. That's terrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love our patrons to death. I love our Patreon page on a web browser. If Patreon ever listens to our episodes, they need to get their shit together with their app. Their app is horrible.
0: You're talking about Patreon itself, not our patron?
1: Right. Our Patreon, the Patreon platform is great if you get online, okay? But if you download the Patreon app for a yeah. creator, it is by far... The most useless thing when it comes to apps. And I've had some shitty ones. Now, the problem here is we've had some new patrons. And And
0: on the disappointed and leave because their fucking app sucks.
1: (laughs) But the problem... Now See, now I can't even... I'm about to lose my shit. I can't even find... We have a new patron... And I believe her name. Yes, I think I shouted out on the last episode, but I'm not 100% positive. We now have two from across the pond. And I'm probably butchering this, but Isling Isling is from somewhere across the pond. Our newest one is Jennifer Sosby's. So she's our newest patron. Hopefully, everybody is about to receive their decals. Um, If you need some more let us know i do have the white ones in stock with the new logo so we still have the clear ones we have the white ones i'm going to do another batch of uh the black stickers with the white uh, i may
0: still have a couple black stickers in my car i didn't take that road trip
1: i'm going to i'm going to be like that guy that used to put mutt on every gas pump in north georgia i'm just going to start sticking our stickers all over the place I tried my hand at our TikTok page making a video trying to promote the episode, and I got chastised by the wife because I needed to do more pictures, and it needed to basically slide as I was talking. And I was like, I'm doing good to to get the green screen, screen to work.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't know how to do it.
1: Yeah. I'm watching YouTube videos. I feel like my parents trying to reset the time on a VCR.
0: We. We're using the Teenagers app, and we're in our 40s. Yeah, you're right. We shouldn't be on there in the first damn place. No, we shouldn't. It's funny. It's so funny how, like, kids today, you know, they don't even use Facebook. Hardly any of them use Instagram.
1: I know, and we've got, thank God, we've got our clientele that still keeps up with us on social media, so... I'm doing my best to get...
0: you say flying tail? Klein tail. Oh, klein tail, you country son of a bitch.
1: Flying tail.
0: All I heard was... we got our damn flying tails out there.
1: <laughs> Them flying squirrels eating all my pecans. All right, so we've gotten rid of... Or gotten rid of. We've gotten through the bills in this. So let's get into it, man. Um, For those of you that do not know the Toynbee tiles refer to a message and a medium supposedly invented by a Philadelphia artist in the eighties. Uh, the first one
0: had, we're, we're talking hundreds of these things.
1: Yeah. Hundreds. And it goes through, they said by tiles in, in this style. And the first one said it was like a, Plain white rectangles of linoleum I think was the first one. It didn't have color, did it?
0: I don't think so, but it's... uh, The vast majority of them have just the same exact statement on it. And it says Toy and B idea in movie 2001 Resurrect Dead on planet Jupiter.
1: The way that my research conveyed to myself was it started appearing in the mid eighties, went through the 1990s, kind of started in Philadelphia, grew out to Pittsburgh, Baltimore, New York, New York, New York. Then it popped up in Santiago, Buenos Aires and Rio de Janeiro.
0: There's another one too. can't exactly remember, but there's a fourth one in, in uh south america
1: yeah and then they they've nicknamed him the twin tyler or triple t (laughs) triple t the triple t i don't it says that basically the all of them are about the size of a license plate and some of them are a little bit smaller some of them are just a little bit larger the one that they're showing, and there's a an, there's actually a website dedicated to this. It's called ToynbeeIdea.com. And on their website, they have archives going all the way back to March of 2006 where they did a deep dive into trying to find out who it was.
0: There's also a good documentary. It's free on YouTube. That's going to be my recommendation for tonight.
1: Yeah, it's just it's crazy because the picture they're showing is... Toynbee Ideas in Kubrick's 2001 Resurrect Dead on Planet Jupiter, and that's the one basically with white, and then the letters have been cut out, so you see the asphalt underneath it. They're saying that uh, the latest photo of that actual message was on Penn Avenue in Pittsburgh, PA. They're saying there was a side text contained, and it had the Tyler's mailing address
0: no like like i said the vast majority of them are just going to have that same four lines block lettering yeah but there's going to be other ones there's going to be one that's like super long it's called his manifesto and then there's going to be ones with his address on it there's going to be ones with variations of the saying there's going to be a bunch it's a bunch of different stuff
1: Yeah, they've got one that somebody found on, well, at the intersection of Temple Place and Tremont Street in Boston, Massachusetts, and then near a rest area called the Chesapeake House on I-95 in Maryland, there was another one, and that one had some text underneath it, and it says, you must make plus glue tiles, you as, I can't even decipher that last one, but... (sighs) They said that the it would kind of... He would start adding colors in the 90s, and then they found some out in the Midwest, and those kind of started using mosaic tiles with multicolored borders. And then you get into... Yeah, like you said, the the, the script is the same. It's just how it's the mediums change, I guess, is how that...
0: Well, is. I mean, this guy even went so far as to, if it's the guy that they said, he went so far as to put an an large antenna on his car and drive around and interrupt TV stations, like the ones he got close to, with that message. But I guess, you know, once it got to the point where he wasn't reaching enough people, Anyway, let let's 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 talk about what that means. There yes. was a historian named Arnold J. Toynbee who in a book first surmised that all human life boils down to molecules. And since we're molecules, we can't completely go away. Even once we're dead, we're still molecules. Therefore, If we're molecules, it's possible to reverse death. And you can reverse death completely with every single person that's ever died. And he said in order to, basically in order to accommodate them, we have to populate them on Jupiter so they can have a true afterlife. What he was trying to say is they're still going to be dead, but they'll be around he was trying to prove that science can do anything that religion can do. If religion can promise an afterlife, so can science. So you'd have to change the atmosphere of Jupiter. You'd have to somehow get them there. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Dude was way smarter than us.
1: Yeah, the way that it said was there was a, a book, and the theory, like you said, the theories of bringing it back to life, it's kind of depicted in that Stanley Kubrick film.
0: Yeah, they used the concept... In the Stanley Kubrick film, like, I've not seen the movie, but apparently... Oh, I watched it when
1: I was a kid, and I did not understand any of it. My aunt took alert, me to see it.
0: It's like year old movie, but spoiler alert, the guy dies at the end, and he's reborn in space as the star child.
1: Yeah, and it said that in the book, he goes on to state that, especially colonizing the planet Jupiter, which has a very poisonous atmosphere the possibility of giving that planet an oxygen atmosphere is beyond even science fiction. But like you said, it goes back. Yeah. It's way over my head, but he doesn't believe it could be done. But the theory, it's kind of like the theory of the warp drive Yeah. in theory. It should be, you should be able to make that happen.
0: That's basically the redneck idiot explanation of it. If you really want to learn more, get on YouTube and watch that documentary. It's about an hour and a half long and they really... It's really good.
1: So they go over on that website. They have the Who, What, When, Where and they said, whoever started this website basically said that when the film that YouTube documentary actually was at uh, Sundance and so that kind of led them to believe that some of the later tiles are of a copycat and just trying to keep it going on. They believe that the, the guy was a Philadelphia-born artist. Uh, one uncle was a, was a politically connected funeral director. Another relative was inventor of Instant Replay. Other close friends of the family Include other artists, a mechanic, even the owner of a tile store. They believe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How convenient. Let oh, that be. Oh, be some shit right there. I had a great marketing idea. <laughs> it would sound a little weird. We're only going to say four, the... four lines of text. Yeah, in order to sell more tiles, we're going to confuse the shit out of all the whole country.
1: Yeah, but they're saying the guy is basic was basically born in the 50s, and, and since he had all this eclectic relatives, he grew up in this creative mixture. And they have put together some documents, which you're more than welcome to dive into that on this website, that he was a huge fan of science fiction but he also had skills in car modifications which included converting an, a Fiat 128 sedan into pickups and installing vinyl lettering and artwork on commercial vehicles. I don't know man it's this is for this to be an obscure I don't know if you'd call it urban legend I don't think it's really an urban legend I mean cuz it's it's true you can go see these and they keep popping up. And then somewhere I read that one of the original tiles had like a pothole had created near it or something and whoever snuck back in there, filled the pothole and redid the tile. Really? Yeah. It's, it. But the, on this website, you can report a tile. You can say, Hey, there's a, you know, this one and they're all, but you know, like we said in the opening, they're all over our country and in foreign countries.
0: Well, here's the thing is like, no one's ever seen him do it.
1: No, no this, one's ever. it's kind of like the mystery uh, Coke machine that we did. Yeah.
0: Nobody ever saw who filled that up, who took the money. Why is it there? Yeah, no one caught ever caught him doing it. But the documentary you watched, they, they kind of uh, they figure out how he may have pulled it off. The guy that they're going to accuse apparently removed the, the bottom, the floorboard of his passenger seat car.
1: Well, that makes sense.
0: So when he would drive around, he just parked somewhere, put it down, and drive off. That's genius. Yes, it's very genius. genius Level diabolical stuff.
1: And just to be doing tiles, I mean, he could have been planting bombs. So I'm okay with it. (laughs) Yeah, the 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 people that run this website said that basically there's kind of this layered thing to in to understanding the why. And since he was a fan of the science fiction, the ultimate goal he felt like was to basically build heaven in space on Jupiter where he could physically resurrect the dead on a planet large enough to hold that many humans. Yeah. And then it gets into philosophical worldview. Did he really travel to these? foreign countries does he really believe that everybody goes into this automatic afterlife did he believe that if you were go- like you said the whole molecule thing mm-hmm. but yeah it, the way and they go into these things it says and i'm just gonna read it it says he believed the tyler believed That if one was going to exist, that it was up to human beings to physically construct it. So basically, the plan goes like this. Step one, you drop dead and rot away. Your consciousness goes with it. Step two, humans decide to build heaven in space on a planet suitable to house everyone who has ever lived. Step three, you have to terraform Jupiter. Step four, you have to find a way to recombine the pattern of molecules that made up your physical body, and then a perfect replica brings rise to the consciousness that was and always will be you, and voila, afterlife.
0: I don't know. I mean, again, this is why we do this stuff. Yeah, there's, If I'm not going to read it all because it's kind of hard to read, first of all. And second of all, it's too long for us to yammer on, but yeah, look up, if you're going to look at anything, any of these up, just look up the tiles, but then make sure you look up the manifesto tile. Yes. It's about, it's four times as big as normal, and it's just, it's like three paragraphs of stuff, and it, it's happened to have been paved over. It was paved over in 1998. Damn. It can pave over something like that. I
1: know. Well th- they go on to say that in a purely materialistic world view that most people have it's not what he's theorizing is not all that different than the Star Trek teleporter because basically those would break you down into molecules beam your molecules over there and then you would basically reappear they said fold in a little bit of law of complexity consciousness I'm going to have to take their word on that because I'm. this is way over my my head. I just don't... I don't know.
0: And one of the guys they were accusing of, they they, a lot of guys fit the profile but couldn't prove that they had visited those other countries, nor could they prove that they visited the other states. One guy did. He happened to have... I had a job that took him to all the places, but he died right in the middle of all of it. So,
1: isn't that convenient?
0: That's a dead end.
1: Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to improve my gut health. I needed more energy. I wanted to optimize my immune system, and I despise taking vitamins. So I've been on it for about five weeks, and it's pretty good. I, it doesn't taste like a super healthy green smoothie. It has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to. You know, it's it, it's very good. It's 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens. It helps start your day off right. And It's a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy recovery, you name it. Now, I usually take it in the mornings and right after I have my coffee. And then I've noticed that my digestion has gotten more regulated. My energy levels are up. I would say the taste is more like a coconut, but some people say that it's more like a mango. But I've had my wife try it. She loves it. And I always make sure that I have it when I travel. It is lifestyle friendly, whether you are keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free or gluten free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still having a great taste. It supports better sleep quality and recovery, and it also supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens use the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. The price is going to cost you less than $3 a day and it's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself and you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and Athletic Greens was created When the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover, it cost him $100 a day. So he created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine on your own. It is trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. And for every purchase, we donate to organizations helping to get nutritious foods to kids in needs, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. And in 2020, Athletic Greens donated over 1.2 million meals to kids. Right now is the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash emerging. That's E-M-E-R-G-I-N-G. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. The way they kind of, this website theorizes it, that 1979 is when whoever the Toynbee Tyler is discovered that Arnold Toynbee's autobiography. And that's where he found the whole thing that we've discussed about the molecules and stuff like that. They have links to read the full passage from the book. And then he combined those ideas in that book with how Stanley Kubrick put the plot in 2001. And then it goes into, he starts letting the public know in February of 1980, they said that he called in to Larry King live.
0: Yes, he did. Um, I think 1980?
1: Yeah, they said, yeah, in 1980, King was the best known and the host of a nationally syndicated late-night radio show, and at 3 a.m., he opened his lines to the public for what he dubbed Open Phone America, and they've learned that the Tyler made more than one call to the show and may have been something of a regular on the show. They said that they actually have archives of it, the show, archives of the show at George Washington University but they can never find the February 1980 tape. Yeah. Then they go into David Mamet's one-act play.
0: Exactly what I was about to say. And then in that, go ahead. David Mamet claims that he just made that story up. And if you don't know what we're talking about, it's a one-act play called 4AM. Let me find the It just for a second. There we go. Another possible interpretation is that... Oh, wait, wait. Playwright David Mamet has spoken on his belief that the tiles are an homage to one of his plays and has described it as the weirdest thing that ever happened. In his 1983 work, 4AM, published in 1985, a radio host based on Larry... Radio...
1: <laughs> it's okay, man. <laughs> I've been... Radio
0: there. host... Wait. Ba- <laughs> oh, Oh, the play is a... <laughs> a radio host based on Larry King, who impatiently listens to a caller who contends that the movie 2001, based on the writings of Arnold Toynbee, speaks of the plan to reconcile, right, reconstitute life on Jupiter. The radio show host quickly points out the factual errors of the caller's assertion and the logical flaws of his plan. Researchers for the 2011, however... Researchers for the 2011 documentary Resurrect Dead, The Mystery of the Toy and Bee Tiles, claims to have uncovered several pieces of evidence that predate Mamet's play, including a 1980 call by the Tyler to Larry King's radio show. They cite a 1983 article in the Philadelphia Inquirer, which mentions a local man contacting talk shows and newspapers to spread the message about bringing the dead to life on Jupiter, as depicted in the 2001 film. Now, Mamet is going to claim that he made that story up. He never even heard of any of it until he looked up 20 But Mamet himself it claims to be an avid Larry King listener, and that's why he he, he based the host on Larry King. So it's very possible that Ma, he, Mamet said he used to lay awake at night and listen to Larry King. So it's very possible that he – Listened to Larry King the night the caller called. Either stole it or forgot about it. You know, you can forget where you learn information. Yeah. And faced the play thinking it was completely made up.
1: They said that Mamet commented to NPR in 2006 that he does believe that the tiles are an homage to his play. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like you said, there is that actual...
0: Oh, it's based on my play.
1: Yeah. But, like you said, prior to his play 4AM, the Tyler had actually approached journalists and intellectuals trying to promote his own idea, and it goes on to state. Yeah, in in March of 1983, a man speaking to James Morasco called the Philadelphia Inquirer columnist Clark DeLeon who wrote 11-sentence piece for the paper. The article was the extent of the Minority Association's success in mainstream media.
0: Yeah, and though Mamet wrote his play in 83, it wasn't released till 85. So we've got two major examples of it being mentioned long before the 4 a.m. play.
1: Yeah, and then going back to touch on what you had stated uh, previously about the The antenna on his car, it said that the Tyler had actually purchased a shortwave transmitter to help him spread his message, and the people of this website spoke to a, quote, go-between in the shortwave community who participated in the sale of a Viking 2 transmitter between a shortwave pirate and a man in South Philadelphia in the early 1980s. The buyer specifically wanted the mobile unit to, quote, jam Channel 2 in New York with a, quote, religious message. They know for a fact that the Tyler used the Viking 2 to jam the VHF broadcast signals in Philadelphia. Their contact didn't get out of the car for the face-to-face transaction, and there's no direct evidence of a connection, but that's some very compelling circumstantial evidence.
0: Do you know how strongly you have to believe in something to do something like this? Yeah. In fact, this must have been this guy's entire life. We've got to spread this message. We've got to spread this message before it's too late. Got to. And it,
1: it's almost like the guys that stand on the street corner in major cities in the end of times are coming. They really believe that it's coming.
0: And dude, there's a, there's a man in my hometown that does it. Stands on the corner every day screaming. And you know what? He was my childhood next door neighbor.
1: Get out of town.
0: I promise you. Some super nice guy, unless he's on the corner.
1: <laughs> That's true.
0: That kind of sounded bad. When he was at least he was on the corner <laughs> preaching. <laughs>
1: They said that the tiles in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and Pittsburgh, PA included the address of a house in South Philadelphia as a side text to to the primary message. Along with the style and memory, this is a strong indicator that the South American tiles were among the earliest. By the 90s, the message took a more paranoid turn, and the tiler ceased all direct communication to the media about his idea And then by the late 90s, extremely unlikely that he would have put his address on a tile. So they give you like a a timeline here. They said the 90s were the heyday of the tiles. The Tyler spent the first half of the 80s trying and mostly unsuccessfully promote his idea to the mainstream media, direct messages, and shortwave radio broadcast. By the late 80s, he had begun experimenting with crude messages embedded into the city intersections from boston to washington dc but in the 90s three or four big things did happen the tiles became increasingly complex in style and artistry they became increasingly paranoid with a growing hostility towards the media with the onset of the internet people in cities around the world learned just how widespread these messages were and that no one knew who made them or where they came from so where the media ignored the Tyler, he began to get huge worldwide press attention via the Internet. And then they, they give another time frame of between 2000 and 2009. It said there was a huge change into the, in the tiles themselves. They assumed that the hundreds that appeared in Philadelphia between 2002 and 2006 were actually the work of a copycat. But as evidence mounts, that theory has been abandoned. With that said, there are more than one copycat trying to keep the message alive.
0: Well, there's a there's a there's one that's completely different. It's, um, God, hold Was on. The
1: one in Connecticut.
0: House of Hades. Oh. There's one that's pretty prominent called House of Hades, and. They don't know who's doing that either. They're very different messages.
1: They said that once the um, the Resurrect Dead movie came out and premiered, and then it went streaming, you know, DVD. Da 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 da. There's been a, a shift in the tiles from 2013 to 2015. Dozens of tiles in a new but consistent style have appeared in Baltimore, Wilmington, the I-95, South Jersey, and New York City. Interestingly, some of the tiles in the Atlantic City area don't display the Toynbee message, but instead attack a man named Mason Meltzer.
0: Yeah, that's that's, that's the House of Hades. Okay. Yeah.
1: This whole thing's like an enigma wrapped into a riddle. <laughs> Seriously. Because just, you know, and, and, and kudos to these guys that have put this this website together because it's not a bad website. I mean, they do a very good job. You can actually search all of their archives for any time they talk about Mamet, the House of Hades, Larry King, uh, the neighborhoods. There's 40 separate posts on just Philly along. There's 20 photos of tiles. And then they have a uncategorized slash weird section that has 28 posts. And then everybody and their mother has an idea about Toynbee. And there's 80 posts on it. And it ranges, you you know, it go all the way back, like I said, to 2006. And it goes as far forward as, I think, 2017 is what the last time they archived. But there's somebody had done a mural that kind of paid homage to the Tyler on the side of a building. And I, that was uh, a while back. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's just they act, the recipe to make your own tiles is in the book called Recipes for Disaster An Anarchist Cookbook A Movable Feast by Crime Inc. Workers Collective so yeah I, you know this is a great little rabbit hole scratchy head moment puzzle that you can think about I mean I think it's one of those you can convince yourself that it could be one of A couple of people, so. But yeah, I highly recommend that film too. I also recommend, you know, since your recommendation is going to be the film, I'm going to recommend the website Toynbeeidea.com. But do you think he's equivalent to a street corner preacher, or do you think this was just some kind of idea he for shits and giggles?
0: I mean, come on, really? You're going to do? You're going to put forth this much effort, be that secretive, and do all that? if you're not clinically insane <laughs> good point I mean, good point i'm a street artist man you don't get it i get it <laughs> no i get it like three times but once you get past that you're getting in a little bit of crazy territory
1: this website has a map that you can actually pull up and they have put pins oh uh, in now this is just i think it's just the us i don't think it's in rio but i'm going to scroll down and see if it's down here no it's not down there so it's just they've got pins to where you can actually see the the street views of where they're at and they range from you know outside of washington dc all the way up to new york city but it's it's crazy man um there's there's some that have pictures on there there's others that uh that just have the actual street address. You know, I just clicked on one in Pennsylvania. It's I-476 near exit 13. So if you live up in that area or you're traveling up there for vacation or business and and this is something you want to actually go and and take a look at, you know, again, this. this... I
0: was actually in Philadelphia in like 2011, maybe. And I was very close to one. I didn't know it until I started researching here. I could have saw one.
1: Yeah, there it is. It says, artist Steve Powers adds Toynbee tile to Philly mural. And it shows him putting it up there. Um, and he's a huge, world-famous Philly-raised artist. He's he's goes by ESPO. Um, and it said, the mural's in an, the old city neighborhood of Philadelphia. So, but yeah, I mean, they go through that blog. You can go all the way down, you know, to the... You can scroll all the way down to where... They talk about the first one, then they talk about the movie, the caller moment. I mean, it's all in there. So if you are interested, please visit that website. But, you know, I'm with you, though. This is a this is someone who down deep feels that this is a message that has to get out there.
0: Clearly. Well, I would recommend the, the, the documentary Resurrect Dead, The Mystery of the torn B-Tiles. And then if you still want to have some time in it, do the semi solved mystery of the Toll B-Tiles. It's the second video when you uh, Google, when you YouTube the Toll B-Tiles. He he talks a lot about the documentary, so you might skip some of it, but at the end, he goes, because the documentary was released in 2011. He put his video out two months ago, so he's got updates and updates and updates. So. Dang, yeah.
1: So, uh, you know, there's not really... a much of a theory on this, we kind of both agree that
0: it's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy guy. That's like, <laughs> I mean, seriously, he's pat. Well, let's not say crazy. Let's say super fucking passionate about right. this. Stuff. You have to be to do all this.
1: This is a bad analogy, but he's kind of Ted Kaczynski without the murder and
0: destruction. Without <laughs> the mail bombs. Yeah,
1: I mean, because. He felt like technology had to be curtailed. Uh, he just went him. He went about it the wrong way. But, but like you said, there. This is a passionate idea that this man, I think, believes in every fiber of his being. So, you know. But kudos to him. I mean, to get a, a VHS jammer, like you said, to take out the floorboard in his car. I mean, there's a lot of smart forethought that go that went into this I guess premeditation would be a better word but anyway all right coach I know we've kind of done the recommendations already um I will say that if you are looking for a new podcast it's not really new I mean it's one of those you can binge and get through it helen gone season four with Ebby uh she did a great job with it she also in the last episode. There's a, a girl that went to school with Ebby that has her own podcast. And for the life of me, I couldn't find it on my podcast app. But once I do, I'll make a post about it. And she kind of dives deep into the Ebby the Stebbik thing. It, it, it's Arkansas, man. That's all I can tell you. I mean, if you like our Arkansas stories, you will love season four of Hell it's, and Gone.
0: Speaking of that, uh, good friend of the show, Chuck Ball, just posted – um, they caught a raccoon, a live raccoon at <laughs> the uh, baseball stadium where the Arkansas Razorbacks play.
1: He, I think he has season tickets to the Arkansas Razorbacks baseball team. He's yeah. always there. Our boy Chuck. But anyway. All right. You got anything else Sarah Slappy? I think you froze. He's froze. There he's back. He's back. It was you. No, you were, I was watching you. You were froze. (laughs) I
0: was watching you. You was froze. And I said, are you froze? Hello? Hello? Are you froze? All
1: right. So the last thing I heard from you was, oh, Chuck and the raccoon. And I said he was, he has season tickets. So
0: yeah. Meanwhile in Arkansas.
1: (laughs) That's right. Meanwhile in Arkansas, the the highlight of the night was at the Razorback game. There's a (laughs) raccoon. All right, coach, you got anything else? You know I don't. Deuces.